Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to our latest Outsports podcast. It is uh, Pride Month, June. Uh, we're celebrating Pride here in L.A. this weekend with the Dodgers game that Outsports is partnering with Dodgers on. It's pretty cool. It's the actual kickoff of the Pride. Jim, do you have any big plans for L.A. Pride this weekend? <laughs> As usual, no. <laughs> I had done Pride. I had worked a Pride booth for like 12 years in a row, and at a certain point, it's kind of like, you know, you reach a certain age, it's like, okay, I've done all the Pride stuff, and let other people have the fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, Plus, I'm, the whole I'm, thing I'm in L.A. Forward. is they charge you like 20 bucks to get into the festival, and I just, you know, I always thought that was a ripoff if you wanted to just see the various community groups and stuff. It's one thing if you want to pay for entertainment, but I always thought it was a ripoff to charge people to, you know, see the volunteer booth and stuff, so I kind of quit going. And this year, there's no parade, right? There's a resistance march or something like that. They've, they've canceled the uh, the LGBT Pride Parade and created a, a resist march that isn't um, LGBT's part of it. it, it yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, and it's, it's starting yeah, at eight o'clock in the morning, which seems really weirdly early. Yeah, well, I think that to, they had to work with not just the city of West Hollywood, but the city of Los Angeles, too, because it starts in Hollywood. And so I, my guess is that to close the roads, they were told 8 a.m. And, yeah, I don't know. They get to West Hollywood around 9.30. I mean, 9.30 a.m., nobody's looking to really go party at 9.30 a.m. It's a – it's you know, I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> I mean, to I, me, I, it, was a, I, it was a I, terrible I like idea. idea. I just but. thought it was – I mean, I know politics are big with LGBT people, but the parade itself is a great celebration, and you can have a march, you can do, you can organize a resistance march if you want to call that at any other time. And I just think this is one of those times that it just it seemed like my guess when they came up with the idea back, you know, when the when the march women's march started, this was oh my god, it's going to be a great idea, and it's kind of like I think it's kind of fizzled out in my in my head. Yeah. As someone, well, of course, it, who has no no love for the Trump administration, I still kind of wonder, okay, I don't get the point of this, and you're taking away something to parade that people used to love to do. It was really celebratory, and a lot of people had fun, and um, I think it was just a clunky well, decision. Yeah, you know, but beyond it um... – I don't, I don't, I don't love the idea either. And uh, and you hit the nail on the head. Like I'm all for protest marches, but to replace uh, the pride parade or the pride march with a the political march just it 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 hasn't set well with me. And um, you know, I think that some people. You know, they're saying, oh, this isn't the time to celebrate. Actually, this is exactly when we need to celebrate. And you know, marching with those kids last year in. Chicago, it really opened my eyes to what the Pride Parade means to people who have struggled with coming out. That it's like, oh my God, I get to get out and like be with all these and celebrate with them in this positive atmosphere. And, and taking that away really, it, it hasn't sat well with me. 
Well, and I think the thing when you yes, if I'm gonna go go to do, I'll see you on Saturday for something else. But you know, it was like I wasn't trying to be cynical. Just that for me, I've done that, and yet I know what it means to so many younger people, and this is sort of their time to really and kind of enjoy this. And so yeah, the thing the, the thing last year with Chicago, when you see someone march or just be a participant in something they've never been involved with, it kind of blows their mind because they look back at just a couple of years ago where. They were in the closet. Maybe they didn't know anybody, you know, who knew they were gay, and they were terrified and afraid. Maybe thinking about killing themselves, and here they are, surrounded by thousands and thousands of people who kind of support them and love them. So, um, I, you know, I hope that's. I hope some of that can be kept in whatever happened in LA on Sunday. But the whole thing just seemed like a, a very odd decision to make. And uh, you know, I hope. Uh, I hope next year they go back to the regular pride parade. Well, and and you know, we'll be we will be marching in a pride parade in next yep. weekend in in Denver with our Outsports reunion, which we're super excited about. Last year was in Chicago, and this year it's in Denver. Um, you know, we anticipate more people coming, more athletes and coaches. And I've heard Denver is a, a great pride. People have said nothing but good things about it, and we'll be marching. I guess they put us right next to the You Can Play project, so we'll we'll be with, near our friends uh, with You Can Play and. Yeah, it's just it, 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 the, the planning of the celebration of the parade is, is has been a big part of what we've talked about, and because it's such a, a big part of pride, and uh, that's I'm I'm just that's one of the things I'm looking forward to is is, is marching again with all these mostly young people, but a lot of people who are adult, you know, older adults as well, just getting out there and celebrating and, and high fiving people on the street. I mean, that's that's I it was such a it was such a just, like you said just a celebration last year. Mhm. Yeah, and Denver will be a great. Denver is a great city. It'll be a great time. Yep. Uh, well, what 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 turned into a, a a great time, from what I hear, but what certainly wasn't a couple of weeks ago was, was the out games. I'm sure that most of our listeners have heard that the out games. It's a quadrennial event that kind of rivals the gay games, and was held in Miami this past week. Uh, well, a couple, couple weekends, a couple weeks last week, I guess, and. Uh, on the day of the opening ceremony, organizers emailed everyone saying that uh, everything's canceled except for three events, and good luck. <laughs> Leaving a lot of people stranded. But you, one of the things that is, that is neat that came out of it, Jim, was how the city of Miami Beach and, and so many of the athletes bonded together to make lemonade out of lemons. It actually, they ended up participating in a lot of sports. A lot of events did come off, not like they were supposed to, but at least they were able to um, compete and build camaraderie. Well, that was a silver lining in what really was a total disaster. I mean, how you how you wait till the day of the event to, to cancel it is, is, you know, unforgivable. I know the city of Miami Beach is getting the state attorney's office and to look into, you know, if there was any any fraud or anything committed, we don't know any of that. But regardless, it was very poorly planned and organized. And yet, if there, if anything good came out of it, it was the fact that several sports that people thought were going to be canceled wound up happening. Um, we had a story today by Chad Calais that kind of highlights some of the stuff. I mean, track and field had a two-day meet that was put on by the track athletes. They they have a really great organizer over from Italy who's been involved in all every kind of every international track event, you know, in the gay world forever. And he kind of got them together and they had a two day meet. I know we, uh, the city of, uh, Miami beach 
kind of waived some park fees. They got they paid for ref fees for say the soccer tournament. I know basketball had a shortened event, but they still came on. Uh, we know the swimming and diving and water polo came off because that was run by the uh, gay swimming organization itself. But yeah, I mean it sounded like the community rallied around the athletes and. You know, it's hard not to have fun in Miami Beach. So the fact that it was there in and of itself was probably a good thing. You know, you had good weather. Um, there's a lot of stuff to do, but they made it more of a celebratory thing. But, you know, it really can't still highlight the fact uh, or obscure the fact that, I mean, this was a disaster and, and, and the out game should simply cease to exist. I mean, they've long outlived their purpose and, you know, they've had uh, – they have not had really good events. The first event in terms of logistics was fantastic, but that's because they uh, basically um, wound up, you know, not paying vendors, including us. I mean, tens and tens and thousands of dollars. <laughs> so they had, you know, they had the money to put on this fantastic, you know, event, uh, but they left a lot of people, you know, including entertainers. And again, again, Outsports was one of them hold, and vendors holding the bag for a lot of money. Um, and then since then, I was in Copenhagen, and that was that event wasn't wasn't a bad event, but it still didn't seem to have that international flavor. It was a more of a European event, um, and I don't think we was at Lisbon in 2013. I even forget where 2013 was. Brussels or Antwerp? Antwerp, Belgium. Antwerp, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I think it kind of is you know has ceased to exist. I mean, it, the gay games itself has had its problems, and I think the out games were a reaction to what were legitimate problems with the organization of the gay games. But the gay games have always been a lot more about, I think, the athletes than the out games ever were. Um, and you know, the gay you know the gay games kind of suffered in comparison with the out games because in Cleveland it became almost a U.S. event. I mean, there almost was this weird kind of split between the out games people because they were mostly in Europe until this year, and then the gay games. Now, next year, I think that'll change when the gay games are in Paris, and so that's going to be a much more kind of global event, probably the first true one we would have had since Sydney 2002, where there's not going to be a, comp- a competitor or a sense that it's a place like Cleveland, which, you know, people just had preconceived notions about not wanting to go to Cleveland. But, yeah, it was it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was not, very, uh, not a very good uh, time for the LGBT sports movement, at least when it came to the out games, because people were just furious. Well, there are there are rumblings that that the the out games are going to continue to to try to host events that they I guess they're they're going to name or they did name a city in Brazil I think it might have been Rio as the host for twenty whatever that is twenty twenty one I guess yeah, yeah. twenty twenty one and that seems that seems impossible that the organizers would 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 try to move forward with an event after the uh, the unmitigated disaster. That was this year, and then and you have some of the founders of Glisa, the organization that runs the gay games, writing to the current board, begging them to dissolve Glisa and end the world games. I just can't imagine anyone, but putting any money toward this event as a registration fee or booking yeah, any travel. Would, would you, would you go? Would you want to? You know, if you're going to Brazil to go to no. Brazil, but would you actually train and do all this stuff? It ain't going to no. happen. And Brazil is suffering its own economic crisis now. Uh, the Rio Games, you know, all those all those venues are in shambles now for the most part. So it's not like that whatever city they're doing in Brazil is going to have the kind of money to kind of cover any any shortfall. So 
I think they're dreaming if they think they're getting anybody to attend and out games in Brazil because all you'd have to do is say, uh, they canceled the Miami one literally the day they're supposed to start. So you're going to lay down from the U.S. thousands of dollars to go to Brazil to play, you know, including whatever registration fees. I mean, simply they're dreaming. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and and I think the – so I agree. It's, it's, it, they're talking about it happening, but I can't imagine it actually happening and people actually going there. But but what is happening are the gay games in Paris next year, next August. Yes. And and one of the questions that I think that the gay games are wrestling with and and is is what, how how to separate themselves from the out games and and because a lot of people are kind of after this swearing off these quadrennial events and and I'm not going to be burned again and it's uh you know it, it's from everything that I can tell the the gay games are uh are on schedule that they have uh, at least 2000 registrants already foot 14 months ahead of the event so i i it, it's going to be interesting to to watch how they how they struggle with dealing with what happened with the out games you also have the the great cultural shift in LGBT sports where it is so much more mainstream. I mean, there are major, you know, gay leagues for almost every sport in so many major cities, and a lot of them now have participation from a fair number of, you know, straight people who want to play dodgeball or kickball or softball or football or, you know, and <sighs> The need for the gay game seems, as in terms of this is the only chance we have every four years to get together, has been mitigated because there are there are international events in you can probably name a half dozen sports off the top of your head from soccer, volleyball, swimming, uh, basketball, all those kind of things that that occur on a regular basis because it's so much more it's easier to get facilities, there's less stigma, more people are playing that. Doing it every four years doesn't have that same, oh, my God, I'm, I go basically into a desert, sports desert for four years, and then I have the gay games. And that's not a reflection on the gay games. That's a reflection of the progress that has been made uh, and, and the fact that you have something like, you know, the Bingham Cup, which has its own little thing going itself every four years, and they had it in a place uh, like Nashville last year. Or the Sin City Shootout, which gets, you know, really, you know a really highly successful event in Las Vegas every year. So... So that need, I think, to do these kind of things has been somewhat minimized uh, because of progress. Um, so my question is, you know, nothing wrong with going to Paris, certainly, but, you know, are people going to want to do that more only for the sports or mainly because it's a chance to go to Paris in August and you have the excuse to, you know, have some sports to go along with it? I think it's I think it's a good good. I think they go hand in hand. I think that people want to go. They want to meet new people. They want to compete. They want to play their sport. And Paris is fantastic. Would they go to Paris if the gay games weren't there next summer? Probably not. Would Would they go to the gay games if it was in Cleveland again? As we found out, a lot of them would not. So I think it goes hand in hand. And and uh, and and I, mean, I think that's right. I think that's 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 you know I was on the selection committee or the um the uh, inspection committee that kind of went through some of the different the, the three of the the three finalists for this gay games to try to, to choose between London, Paris, and Limerick, Ireland. And I mean, Paris, they're, they're, they, they're going to put on a really good event. I, you know, a lot of the venues are really either, either good, very good or spectacular. Uh, the track and field event is amazing. The, the flag football, <laughs> I'm not sure how many flag football teams will be going, uh, but, uh, yeah, I doubt but that uh, venue, but, yeah. 
Uh, and the party spaces are amazing, and so they've done a, what looks like it would be a really good job. I mean, I, I'm excited to go. I'm not just a, I'm not an automatic to go to the gay games anymore, um, just mentally. But I'm going. I'm going because it's in Paris. It's going to be fantastic. Well, but you raised the point though about perceptions, and that if people conflate the gay games with the out games, it means Paris is going to have to do some more outreach, some more advertising, some more promotion of their event, and not just assume that people will not know there's you know there's a clear difference. Because if people confuse the two, it's oh, wasn't that thing in Miami canceled? I'm not going to go to Paris. I mean, you know, people often have low mm-hmm. <laughs> low information on what they base their decisions on. So I think it's going to be Paris may have to step up some of its promotions to get people to know, hey, this event is thriving. It's ongoing. We're not related to the out games. This has nothing to do with what happened in Miami. Um, you know, because they I do have, think they have that really strong. They have really strong local and federal government support too in, in Paris, yes. which is which is a big plus. No, I think it'll be, I, I have no doubt it's going to come off and be be very very good. I just think that perception wise, they have to make sure people don't confuse them with the out games and sort of lump the two together in terms of what if you make a decision to go. And you know, every year now there's the uh, Sin City Shootout, which is a which yeah. is a multi-sport uh, event which attracts. Depending on who you ask, seven to ten thousand athletes. Uh, it's 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 shorter. It's only a weekend. It's a lot less expensive the, between the registration fees and the travel, and and so it, I mean as you mentioned, a lot of athletes are kind of getting their fill elsewhere. They're going to um, they're going to the Bingham Cup or they're going to the the Gay Bowl. They're going to the the Gay Softball World Series and they're going to to the Sin City Shootout in Las Vegas, and, and so they're getting their fill without having to, to plunk down a, a, a hefty registration fee. I mean, each person you know, for the gay games will register to register is a couple hundred dollars, and then to go to Paris, Paris isn't going to be cheap. <laughs> so it's, uh, so yeah, it, it, they, 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 I think the gay games do have a lot of work to do, not just to overcome what's going on, what happened with the out games, but also just the, the, the huge expansion of LGBT sporting events. Well, I also think that given the, where Paris is located, you'll find young people from Europe able to go, a lot less young people from the U.S. able to go simply because of the expense. I mean, you're looking at several thousand dollars to go to Paris for a week. And, you know, young people who are just starting out maybe in their careers or still in college are not going to have that kind of money to go. Whereas, of course, if you're living in Europe, it's a lot easier to get there. Um, so I think you'll see a heavily European flavor, and the Americans that'll go tend to be skew a little older because they're going to have the disposable income to afford seven to ten days in Paris. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I mean that's that's the gay games skew older. I, you know, there aren't a lot yep. of early twenties generally going to the gay games, so because they can't uh, afford know, it. Attracting... Yeah, they, it, 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 yeah, it's expensive. Um, I mean, that's, so, that's well, basically what I mean. Some of it's not knowing, but you know. A lot of it is simply, you, can't, you know, you. I'm thinking about going. I've gone to every once in 1990, and I'm not going to participate next year. I'm just still debating in my head if I want to spend that money uh, to go. And that, that's a different conversation, but I can imagine someone 21 years old saying, uh, nah, I'd love to, but can't. But I do think, but yeah, people should realize they are not the, they are not the out games. It is a separate organization, and they have strong backing from the French government, the Paris city government, and that's not going to change. So I think that'll come off very well. Yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we would be absolutely shocked if 
the gay games did not come off and come off the way they, they want them to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one last thing that I found, Jim, is that a lot of young kids don't even know that there are LGBT sports teams and leagues in their cities. Like some of them, somebody, an outsports athlete moved to Atlanta recently, and I said, well, have you, have you contacted the flag football league or the softball league or the swim team? And he's like, the what? Those yeah. things exist here? <laughs> in Atlanta? <laughs> So a lot of them just, you know, when we were coming out, well, I was coming out, I mean, sports teams was, was what I immediately gravitated toward. But these kids are, you know, they're already out, they already have their friends. And so a lot of them, you know, they're not, they're not finding those sports teams. And so one of the things I want to do with the Sports Reunion is talk a little bit about that and, and, and show these kids, you don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to stop playing. You can keep playing and, and play with LGBT people. And, and the events are a lot of fun, you know, just forget about the sports. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, I was talking to someone who, who who's older who played in the L.A. Tennis Association, the gay league, for years, and said it's it's sad how how much how much fewer young people there are than there used to be. So for whatever reason, they're simply not joining up, and so it's sort of the same people in tennis. And you know, I don't know if that's just a generational thing, if it's a social thing, but it you know it, it's a struggle for even organizations like L.A.T.A. that have been around forever and are really well you know, well-organized to sort of get younger people. Like you said, maybe they, they play tennis. They play tennis with their, you know, their friends who might be straight or whatever and uh, don't feel the same need to have that kind of, you know, uh, LGBT-specific group to play with. No, absolutely. Well, uh, somebody who isn't playing with LGBT groups anytime soon is Margaret Court, the tennis legend who <laughs> – uh, last week or earlier this week, at some point, she she weighed in on LGBT rights and how many lesbians there are in tennis, uh, and she's she's done this before. And 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 I don't know. Every couple of years, she decides to open her mouth about this stuff, and she said some not very good things. Jim, you wrote about this. What what exactly did she say? Well, Margaret Court, for people who don't know, is an Australian. Uh, I mean, she is a tennis legend. She's seventy four. She's won twenty four. Uh, majors. She's one of the greatest tennis players, male or female, ever. Um, and they named the arena at, at, in Melbourne for the Aussie Open, the Margaret Court Arena. Well, she's been a long-time op- op- opponent of, of same-sex marriage and has said some stuff in the past. But recently, Qantas announced its support, the national airline, for same-sex marriage, and she announced she would no longer fly Qantas, if possible, because of their stance on same-sex marriage which then caused a whole series of stories, which then caused her to then go further and say, compared people on a Christian radio show, gay people, LGBT people, to Hitler, communist, and the devil. And the way we seduce people and the way transgender people sort of convince people to be a different sex than what God intended – and also, against same-sex parents, because you need to have two parents, while at the same time saying she has nothing against homosexuals. So it's caused a firestorm because the French Open is going on now, and so all the players are kind of gathered. And a lot of the players are saying, that, A, they, they disagree with what she said. Andy Murray was one real strong. And that they're open to the idea of renaming the arena, Um and it's caused a big controversy down in Australia about should the arena be continued to have her name. Martina Navratilova wrote a great op-ed piece that ran in the in the Australian papers, arguing why she should have the name stripped from it. And you know, it, it's something that she is not backing down from. I mean, she is. This is not some woman who was misquoted once or said something. She has been full bore in her opposition to LGBT rights. 
Well, it, this it, it it does raise a, a lot of questions, and you know, people. For, we have for so long given people not necessarily a pass, but there's only so much, um, uh, so so much. Um, negativity and discrimination will paint somebody with if they're anti-gay, right? We know if somebody's, somebody says really racist things like, um, you know, whatever. So we know that that person is uh, as a pariah and, and they, their name shouldn't be on anything. But for so, for so long, we've kind of allowed people to be anti-LGBT to an extent. I mean, they still get right through the coals in, in the media uh, and by their colleagues, but, but People are taking action against them, and now, like this, this is kind of. I think this is where we are at today in our society that you you can't say these things about gay people anymore. And, and action like removing your name from a court could be taken if you are deemed to be racist or sexist or now homophobic. And I, I think that you know we are starting to treat homophobia similarly to how we would treat racism and sexism. Uh, it's still uh, it's, st- it's still not comparable. I mean, if, listen, if she started talking about uh, b- black people the way she talks about, uh, you know, that they're they're whatever, they're they're they weren't created correctly by God or whatever, like her name would be off that that court in, in a heartbeat. But but we are we're st- we are starting to get there where we where we see the reactions being similar to 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 homophobia as they would be to racism and sexism. Well, I think one, a, a, she also was in favor of the apartheid government in South Africa, so <laughs> she has some racial views that are um, interesting also. But Martina made a good point about, you know, th- naming something that is an honor and, you know, that you're not stripping her of her titles or anything, but that why does she should deserve this honor when she says things that are clearly antagonistic and hurtful towards, you know, one class of people, including some open lesbian players who say, not wild about playing on, you know, in Margaret Court Arena anymore. You know that that, and there's some decision about will they boycott it? Who knows if they if they do that? But that she's not simply saying I'm opposed to same-sex marriage. She said it once, and you know, in passing or something. You know, you kind of not going to go after someone, but she is really she has a she has a pulpit. She is a pastor, and she is preaching this stuff, and she is not backing down from it. Uh, one of the uh, Australian players had a baby. A, a, a lesbian player had a baby, and Margaret Court, in the local newspaper, wrote a wrote a letter basically saying, you know, it's a shame she's not going to grow up with a father, and really, you know, taking this couple to task, not congratulating them, basically ripping them for having a kid. And so I think people, you know, this modern era is saying, like, you're right, if this, she said these things about black people, there would be no d- debate over it. But I think she kind of crossed the line where you would give someone saying, oh, yeah, it's a simple political view, they're not against gay marriage. But she's made, she's becoming an advocate for this, and it's kind of embarrassing yeah. to see her name all over this arena in something that's supposed to celebrate, you know, everybody. Because she she also has a problem thinking there are too many lesbians in tennis, which you know John Macker uh, had a great point, had a, the best comment, which was like he literally said, "Who the fuck cares?" <laughs> well, it's interesting, you, Martina, and you, you talked about this being an honor. This is not a. Um, you know, when you talk about uh, a sports hall of fame, you know, a lot of people say, well, this is just supposed to be what happened on the court or on the field. Like, everything else needs to be excluded. Was this person a great athlete? And she was. And no one's going to remove her from hall of fames. But Correct. but naming uh, arenas and courts after people goes beyond that. It, it, it goes to who the person is beyond just winning, you know, a bunch of 
Grand Slam titles, and and and, and that I think is inappropriate. Uh, uh, response. I don't think you know removing her from Hall of Fame. That's that's that that just looks bad. But yeah, but, no one's you know, no one's suggesting with Joe that. Paterno. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, Joe well, Paterno, yeah, I'm talking he, about know, in Mark's court case. No one is no one is suggesting that at all with her. No, I, I know, but that's what I mean, what I'm saying is. I'm sure some people say, well, you can't mix, you know, what she did on on the court, and that's what that's why her name's there. Well, no, her name is there for for reasons just beyond her wins Correct. and losses. And yeah, whereas you a wouldn't Hall name of Fame a baseball. Just, good. I should say, whereas the Hall of Fame is 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 not like that. It's a Hall of Fame is just you know what what happened on the court. Yeah, you don't take Ty Cobb out of the Hall of Fame, but Ty Cobb was an unreconstructed racist baseball player. You're not going to name a modern stadium after Ty Cobb, right? It would be an insult to every person of color who, who you know, stepped foot in that stadium. And I think in the case of Margaret Court Arena, you know, that, that is an honor that is not simply a sports-specific honor. It's about what she meant to the community, all this stuff, and she's kind of forfeited that right. And it's a privilege and an honor to have this thing. It's not a she doesn't have a right to have a stadium named after. So I'm curious to see a if anything happens, and b if the if the mainstream or the non-gay players sort of keep up the pressure because right now they're in Paris and they're all really offended by it. But we'll see what happens. But it's an issue that I don't think is going to go away anytime soon. Well, and uh, it'd be interesting again to see how athletes address these issues. There are other athletes who are plenty homophobic and they generally <laughs> keep their mouth shut because of <laughs> these very things. You could say that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's, that's the way it is. But that's all the time we have this week. Uh, we will not be, I don't think we'll be here next week because we'll be traveling to we'll Denver. We'll be in Denver, yeah. Uh, but if you're, if you're in Denver, come to the Rockies game and we hope to see you there. <laughs> <laughs>